As we approach the month of Elul, there's a description from the Friedrich Rebbe about four elements that we need to understand about what Elul is all about. It's a sicha that the Friedrich Rebbe said on Pesach time. There the Friedrich Rebbe describes the spiritual state that you felt that kind of set the atmosphere in Lubavitch on Shabbos Mevorachim Elul. Ir Habiro Shalat Murah Chabad Meshach Shanim Rabbis, the capital city of the Rebbes of Chabad over many generations. Veilu Dvarav, here's what the Friedrich Rebbe says. Shabbos Mevorachim Elul Belubavitch, on Shabbos Mevorachim Elul in the town of Lubavitch, Agaim Shadaino Yazayim Bohir, even though it was still a bright day, meaning summer's day, Shabbos Zorcha Hashemesh, where the sun shone brightly. Harishavir Kvar Ischalif, you could already feel the air changing. She could already sense the, the aroma, the scent of Elul. And there was already like a wind, a, a, an air of Teshuvah that moved through the town. Four things. Now we know that We know that everything the Rebbeim said is absolutely precise down to the last detail. So therefore, move on, you can understand you must know then that the four different descriptions in the Sikha, that all describe Shabbos Mevorchem Elul, namely Aleph, Oir Hashem Eshabohir, that there's a bright sun, Be'ez Chilofu Avir, that the air starts to change, Gimel Argoshas Horeach Shal Elul, the fact that you could smell Elul, Ve'chein Dalad Haruach HaTshuva Shenoshva, that there's the winds of Tshuva, Eino Melitzas Be'alma, they're not just there to be metaphoric, Rather, these are four different expressions that convey what Shabbos Mevorachim Elul is all about. Now, before we get to the details of what was said, beyond that, we have to consider the following. The words of our Rebbeim are not only precise in their content, but also in the time when those words were shared. That means that the Rebbeim shared things at the most appropriate times that they should be said. Needless to say, after they said the words, the influence of those words continues, as explained in many places, but when a Rebbe chooses to say something is highly significant. So it's very intriguing then that when would the Friedrich Rebbe describe Shabbos and Vorchim Elul in a Sikha of Pesach? That indicates that there's a very intrinsic, powerful connection between the two times of Pesach and Elul, or at least Shabbos and Vorchim Elul. Now, when you say that, it actually doesn't seem to make any sense because surely these two time frames, the Shabbos Vorchim Elul, the time of Elul, represented or beginning with Shabbos Vorchim. Or Pesach, not only are these two different times and eras, they're, they're actually contradictory. Because in Yonisha Pesach, as we very well know, the whole energy of Pesach is that which flows from above to below, which is represented by Tchila Doi Dili. First, what the Abisha does for me, and then how I respond. 
או קיודויס, ולא היסטוריקלי, שהגאולת יציס מצרים לא יועסו מצד דוד אוסם של בני ישראל. שהרי אדרבה, in fact, to the country, קודם יציאס מצרים, הוי במצב, דלא לא איבדה עבודה זרה, ולא לוך וכולי. In fact, we know that prior to leaving מצרים, they were idolaters just like the Egyptians, so they didn't earn the rights to leave מצרים, it's the אבישטר's input. אלא בדרך יסרוס, דלא אלו, it was a, an arousal from on high. which in turn stimulated and inspired the Jewish people to respond and say, okay, we need to do something for Hashem as well. So Pesach's energy is about the Ebeshter taking initiative before we act. Whereas Elul is the exact opposite. It's where all of our voida starts with us. We first have to make the move towards Hashem. An awakening from below. After which, and in response to, there will be an awakening from on high. That Hashem will respond to us and put that together and you get Rosh Hashem Elul. That forms the word Elul. So therefore, we really need to understand how does it make any sense at all for the Fidu Kareba at the time of Pesach, which is the energy of Doi Dili, Vani Loi, to be speaking about and explaining the nature of Elul, Ani Doi Dili, Vidoi Dili. Ubiro Inyan, the explanation is actually simpler than we would have imagined. It's similar to the explanation of Chazal on the Pasuk that says, the Ebishter says, who preceded me, that I owe him anything. In other words, implying that there is no process that ever begins outside of Hashem. Every single process must begin from the Ebishter. Which means that even the things that we achieve through our Avoidah, the fact that we could do that Avoidah in the first place is because the Ebishter gave us Koyach from on high that allowed us to do that Avoidah. After that awakening from on high, the deposit, the investment that Abishnah made in us, then then we are empowered to do our part, to put in our effort, to arouse from below a dedication to Hashem. says this about Yes, Elul is the time I have to make the, the effort and I have to draw close to Hashem. But how does Altareba describe Elul? It's a time where Hashem reveals the 13 attributes of His mercy. Or maybe very famously, the Altareba gives the, the marshal of the king who's in the field. Which gives the opportunity and gives permission for any person who chooses to approach the king. Right? There's the Anila Doidi. You approach the king, but first the king had to be there. Meaning, that in spite of the fact that Elul is primarily about our avoid of reaching upwards through our own efforts to get close to Hashem, an awakening from below. To precipitate the opportunity for that avoid, you first need Hashem's 13 attributes of mercy. And you need the so-called permission and the empowerment from on high to be able to do what Elul has to do. 
And only after the stage is set and the power is shared, then we could do our avoida, which is to approach Hashem through our efforts. We'll move on. So you could appreciate after we put in our efforts and we create our personal awakening and then as a result of that there is an Esarusa de la Eila and a divine awakening that follows there will be that result that's going to follow Anila Doidi that's going to be a far superior input from Hashem than what stimulated Elul in the first place because what they stimulated, what they invested at the beginning of Elul, the exposure of the Yudgimel Midas Rachmim, that was Hashem's free kindness and goodness to us. Any time that they share something of his own, so to speak, chesed chinam, unrequired kindness, it's always a little bit more external, a little bit more superficial. Whereas when Abisha gives us something as a response to our efforts, because we know as an axiom that Abisha, so to speak, wishes for our efforts, obviously it's going to be a far deeper, more personal internal expression of godliness that is shared afterwards. Put it simply, if a person gives something to their child out of goodness, they'll give to one extent. But when they see that their child has put in effort, has grown, has matured, and therefore they want to give their child something in response to that, it will always be much dearer, it will be much more personal. Together that we can understand. So now, here's how the process works. We, as people, we put in our efforts. And our efforts achieve magnificent things. We, we stimulate a response from Hashem which is unprecedented and unexpected. And yet, in order for all of that to happen, we had to have the push from Hashem at the beginning, the kickstart from Hashem at the beginning. So it goes, Israel Dela to Isarusa Dilasata, to a far greater Isarusa Dilaila. Stimulation from Hashem, response from the humans, which creates a far deeper response from Hashem than his initial stimulation. So what empowers us during the month of Elul to be able to reach out to Hashem? That was thanks to the to Hashem exposing his 13 attributes of mercy when in Choydashel. Still, yet at the same time, every single spiritual activity or energy has its original time where it begins. And the parking space. For Isarusa Dilaila, the source of all Isarusa Dilaila, the beginning of all divine kindness, goodness, and stimulation is when? Pesach time, Canal, as we said before. Mashenkin Elul Canal, unlike Elul, that may have a component of Isarusa Dilaila, but the main thrust of Elul is our avoid of Isarusa Dilasato. 
So Kenu Gamana Gel Isusa Dela Ela Belo, we could actually say that the input from Hashem that stimulates the process of Elul that happens through the revelation of the thirteen attributes of mercy at the beginning of Elul, Shesham Shachosu Bapesach, that draws its strength from Pesach time. Pesach is the resource center for divine input. So if Elul needs divine input, it's got to reach back to Pesach to get it so Elul could get started. Because as we've described, Pesach is the time for divine input and stimulation. So Pesach is the time of the overarching divine inspiration, which then dishes out whichever specific divine inspiration is required for a specific time. So the Yudgim and Yudgim are required to get Elul started. Where do they come from? From the reserve bank of of uh, Pesach time, including the thirteen attributes of mercy of Elul. That explains why the appropriate time for the free decree to say a sicha about Elul and specifically Shabbos and Vorachim Elul. Why specifically Shabbos and Vorachim? Because Shabbos and Vorachim is where, in the most general sense, what is brought into the world is everything that that month is going to be about. Including in this specific case, the 13 attributes of Hashem's mercy which stimulate the opportunity for us to reach Hashem. Where did all of that begin? Started on Pesach. With that information, we can understand the four different things that were described in that Sicha to tell us what Shabbos Mevorchem Elul was like in Lubavitch. You could take the four descriptions and put them into two categories. One is about the beauty of the sunshine of summer, which is described in the first part of the Sicha. As the Fidik Rebbe says, it was still a bright day and still a shining sun. And then you have, at the same time, then you, at the same time, you have a second component, shifting atmosphere, different smell, the concept of the, the winds of tshuva. The shining of the sun, that is, so to speak, from on high, that represents the Isurusa Dila'ila. On a deeper level, what the sun represents is, it represents the radiance of godliness. The sun is often used as a symbol of godliness. Which is, so to speak, the radiance drawing from the power of Nisan to shine into Elul, to give us the stimulation to be able to be empowered to do what, what Elul requires. Then, the other three things that are described, that will represent our response. Once we have been touched by, warmed by, and illuminated by the sun representing the, 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 the input from on high, then you'll see our response in these three steps. What are the three steps? We talk about the response by people, by us, which is a response to what David has given us. The, the Fritik Rebbe effectively speaks about two things. You could scent, you could smell Elul, 
And base Kfar Noshva Ruch Shul Tshuva, and there's this, this uh, wind of Tshuva that blows through the town. So what is the connection between smell and wind to the concept of Elul and Tshuva? So what have we got? We've got the sun. The sun causes the changing of atmosphere, which translates into a smell and into a wind. Really the core, the essence of Tshuva is, as the Pasuk says, that the spirit of the soul should return to Hashem who, who gave it. Which means that the primary element of Tshuvah is that a person has to be elevated to a level of Ruach which in our particular context actually represents a spiritual dimension that is even higher than the dimension of Or, of light, which usually is described as this incredible degree of godliness. When a person touches and experiences this concept of Ruach, it brings them back to Hashem. That's something the Frida Kerber alluded to by saying that there was the wind of Tshuva. Because he, what he wanted us to know is the Ruach. He wanted us to know that the primary focus of Elul is the concept of Tshuva, and the concept of Tshuva is this concept of Ruach, the Ruach dimension of the Neshama, which supersedes even the concept of Or, of, in a sense, like awareness of Hashem, to be able to connect to Hashem Himself. Which also links us to the concept of smell. Because as we have described, the primary avoider that we're supposed to invest in during Elul is the avoid of Tshuva. And Tshuva is supposed to bring us to one ultimate goal, to bring us to Mashiach. Mashiach is primarily represented by the concept of smell, as the Pasuk says, He will smell fear of God. As the Gemara tells us, how do we test if the candidate is actually Moshiach? If he can smell and by that judge who is who and whether people are righteous or not. So what have we got? We've got the input from Hashem, the sun shining, which is this awakening from on high, that then shifts the whole energy, which we'll talk about in a second, the air itself changes. And that creates a response of the winds of Elul, which represent us, Haruach Toshuv, that the spirit of our own Neshama connects to Hashem, through which we get the Reach, the smell of Elul, which is actually the smell of Moshiach, because Teshuvah brings Moshiach. So in order to prepare us for those two steps, Ruach Shel Tshuva, the spirit of Tshuva, and the result of that, which is the smell of Elul, the smell of Mashiach, which is achieved through Tshuva, the Friedrich Rebbe says there's some intermediate step that is required, namely, the Avir, the air starts to change. What does that mean? It means as follows. There are certain essentials that people require in order to live. You need a place to live. Clothing. Food to eat. Water to drink. And air to breathe. That's an ascending order of importance. It's more important for a person to have clothes than to have their own house. You have to have food more than you have to have clothes. You need drink more than food. 
and the single most essential element of human survival is air to breathe. That's a constant need. Without air, a person can't survive even a short period of time. So therefore, because the requirement for air is so profound, and the nature of people is that you're constantly breathing air all the time, if anything shifts in the air, every person will feel it immediately and it will affect them all the time. That's what the Friedrich is referring to when he speaks about air over here. The spirit of Tshuva, the smell of Mashiach, which is the result of Tshuva, they all become available during Elul because there's a shift in the air that you breathe in Elul. The implication is the air that you breathe is not something you have to produce. It's there, you just inhale it. That means the potential for the Tshuva of Elul doesn't need unusual effort. And in the same way as air is essential to everybody, the tshuva of Elul is essential to everybody. And that gives life to every single one of us in every breath that we take as the famous the famous statement of the Gemara on the Pasuk that every soul will praise Hashem it says, I'll call neshima uneshima. Every breath that we take will bring us to praise Hashem. In other words, Elul is a time we can literally breathe in, in a sense. The tshuva of Elul doesn't require the same degree of effort and the same degree of difficulty as perhaps at other times of the year. It's much more accessible. In Hashem, we should use it. Directly through our efforts of tshuva during Elul, we should come to the reichoi shomashiach, the, the smell of Mashiach Morech Vadoin, who should take us straight away to Yerushalayim and to the base of Mikdash, take it from Yad Mamash.